0: Hey everybody, welcome back to It's All Good after a really embarrassingly long hiatus. Um, life comes at you quick and sometimes you need to make sure you actually graduate college early like you planned to. Uh, kind of had to get on the finals grind um, then kind of decompressed over the last couple weeks since finishing school. Uh, did a lot of traveling, went to San Francisco uh, for the Illinois Bowl game, which ended up being a loss, but it was a really fun trip. San Francisco, really cool place. I uh, went to St. Louis, visited family in Indiana, done a lot. I went to Madison, watched Illinois basketball pull out a legendary road win. But anyway, I got my good friend Eric Fisher from Rivals with me today. Um, we're going to talk about kind of everything that's just been happening over the last month or so in Illinois sports and kind of talk about life a little bit, and as well as we are going to offer our Super Bowl picks, I think too. yeah
1: I mean, yeah, it's been kind of a he- like. It's been a fun winter break, I'd say for me, because it's still technically a winter break since I haven't, I, I, I didn't graduate in the fall. I'm waiting until the spring. Um, for me, it's just life. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh coming off a trip of my own. I just went went out to Hawaii this uh, past week. Uh, Got me back there. My dad's stationed out there, so I tried to go out there and visit him, and found a good old week where I, I mean, I don't normally travel for road games in the first place, just because that would have to come out of pocket, and I just don't like. Don't like doing that too much right now when I don't have a lot of money in the pocket in the first place And then just miss one Rutgers one game at home not nothing too bad And then they had a week off so I figured that'd be the best time to take a trip I was able to bring my girlfriend out there to meet them and that went well for the most part There was some crazy crazy neighbor drama though when I was there what where you so your know, dad's neighbors Yeah, my dad's so do you know what an au pair is? It, um, no. They're usually, like, foreign um, nannies that live with the family.
0: An au pair? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, one of their neighbor's husbands had an affair with the 22-year-old Colombian au pair they had, and it all bursted while um, my girlfriend and I were there. What the heck? And it was some insane drama.
0: What the heck? That's crazy. But what like, what happened, though? So,
1: um, so, basically, like, their marriage was already kind of rocky in the first place, but then... Um the the relationship between the au pair and the husband was getting really weird where like they were spending more time together than like he would with his wife. And they'd go out and do errands together and hang out together and like they would never be in the same place at the same time, the husband and the wife. They'd always be like in different rooms or whatever. So like it was getting really weird for like the neighbor neighborhood to like to see this. And then like then um the wife texted my stepmom to come outside and talk to her one night. And my stepmom came back in and she's like it all crumbled and it was insane it was an insane fallout and the wife came over and stayed at our place for a little bit um, during it and she has two kids so she brought her kids like across the street too and the au pair so and they were about to they're about to go on a trip to vietnam together a vacation the husband and the wife and they have to go on the trip what because it's already they, booked yeah, well that, and they use Southwest points. And if you don't go on the trip, then Southwest makes you pay out of pocket for the trip for using points. So they have to go on the trip. And so what they did was, an au pair isn't allowed to be home with the kid uh, by themselves for more than 24 hours. So they flew the old parent's family in from Florida to stay with them for a week. And literally the day before they fly in, all this comes crashing down. And it, it was some insane drama. It was nice to be, it was, it was nice to a little <laughs> bit of drama on the side because the weather was a little rainy and cloudy, so we couldn't go out, do as much as you would like to do in Hawaii. So you had to feast on other people's misery? So <laughs> we had to feast on other people's misery, and it was terrible, but it was entertaining at the same time. Wow. And, but if you Google, so my dad, just for, just for why not, he Googled affairs pairs and having affairs with husbands, and there's like a whole, there's like a forum he found for it of just like wives just like talking about au pairs with their husbands. And it was it was all insane and this all happened
0: while Oh it's oh it's like a French word. Yeah. A U. New word. P A I R. Quora.com. I am having an affair with my au pair. How do I stop, <laughs> stop my wife <laughs>
1: from finding <it>. out? <laughs> That's what's on Quora? Quora just went. <laughs> <laughs> If there's one thing <laughs> I can be proud of, well, two things. It's that I never made untoward, <laughs> untoward advances to the two a pairs that slept under my but not under me.
0: Oh my God, this is weird. All right,
1: that's but yeah, some great trip with some horrible, terrible drama of <laughs> that was actually entertaining.
0: That's crazy. Um, well, yeah. So that's what we were doing for the last month. But mm-hmm. also while we were doing these things, Illinois sports were unfolding and we were more or less there covering that yeah. um the bowl game for Illinois football was you know a tough loss to California but the trip was awesome for me man San Francisco it was, was awesome. really cool um I did have to go out there on my own dime which kind of sucked but like I respect that though but like uh yeah it was kind of like my postgraduate trip too because I basically just like oh yeah that makes sense I basically took a breath of fresh air and then like went through Christmas, saw family and everything, mm-hmm. and then flew out there for the trip and had a good time. 35-20 results. Um I think It was a good watch. game, yeah. I think most Illinois media thought Illinois was going to lose, mm-hmm. like, with yeah. that matchup and Cal, just because, like, you lose Josh and Matorbebe, and, like, Lovey was now. being very secretive about it all, but, like, usually he's... You know, Lovey doesn't do things without a reason, yeah. and usually when he's being that secretive, it's because there's a reason to be. Mm -hmm. And it turned out there was a lot of reason to be. No Jake Hansen, no Nittor Baby, no no Tony Adams. There were basically no wide receivers. I mean, you had Donnie Navarro and Casey Washington starting. Like, that's no disrespect to those guys. Both had good seasons. But, like, those are, like... Not, your, not any of your top guys. three guys, yeah. You lose Ricky Smalling, <laughs> you lose Emator Bebe, like what you are the year.
1: wide receiver core from the season? Of tri- yeah, i say Ricky Smalling, Joshua, Bebe. which is a pretty out. good group, too. That's a good group that you're returning next year, but yeah, yeah they're all out for that bowl game. You missed probably your two two out of your three biggest playmakers on defense, and Tony Adams, and Jake Hansen, yeah. Um. That, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster in its own right. But um, Devon Witherspoon, though, and stepped up like he did all season. See Witherspoon was yeah. great,
0: yeah. I mean, if you think about it, too, there's there's so many interesting moments from Illinois football season. You, like, immediately think of, like, 4th and 17 against Michigan State. McCourt's game-winning field goal against Wisconsin. But one of those other ones is Devin Witherspoon's uh, shoe-string, shoestring tackle tack. against yep. Wisconsin that saved a touchdown that would have really like created some separation in that yeah. game for Wisconsin. They had to settle for a field goal. They had to settle that for that, a though. field goal. Defense stands tall after that, and then boom, the comeback is on. Illinois ended up winning that one in legendary yeah, fashion. Yeah,
1: Illinois football gave... I think both of us some parting memories for our oh, potentially dude. our last season. We'll country. never
0: forget Michigan State. Mm-hmm. We are literally me, Eric, and our good friend Isaac Trotter, who now has a, a grown man job grown in Minnesota. Job. He's covering <laughs> the Timberwolves, the Vikings, and some high school action uh, up in Rochester, Rochester, yeah,
1: Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, there's which a lot is of Rochesters around. Because I I remember trying. There to is Google. there's a
0: Rochester, Illinois mm-hmm. as well. I remember
1: trying to Google like Rochester to see where he was at. And like ten different Rochester popped I was like, "Oh, maybe I should put Minnesota." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> um, even though Rochester, Minnesota, is actually like a big city. I think it it's, like it's the third biggest city in Minnesota. Yeah, like that's a good it's, size. it's bigger than bigger than Champaign. Um, but yeah, shout out to our boy Isaac. He probably would have been on this podcast, but you know, he has a he has a Rest real job. In yeah, Illinois From sports media. Yeah, if we had a Hall of Fame, would Isaac's body of work make it in? Because I think it. Over the time he was I here, think I think would. his impact would make it yeah. into the Illinois Media Sports Hall of Fame. I don't know. We're, we're probably not qualified to be talking about that. But, <laughs> um, anyway, just that, that's a lot that's happened. Um, but, you know, more recently, Illinois wow. basketball yeah. has been on a tear of late. Uh, four straight wins for the Illini in Big Ten play. Uh, they won five of their last six. Uh, if you include a... a a bunny win over North Carolina A&T at home. Illinois basically had a really unimpressive non-conference slate, but, you know, they kind of... Turned it on for They kind folks. of turned it on, man. Like And, and you know, it was interesting because the fan base really seemed to be freaking out after the Missouri game. and yeah, for good reasons. For I good reasons. like
1: They just did not show up at all for that Missouri game, No, you know, and it, it looked like Alan
0: Griffin was the only guy out there who wanted to be out there. Yeah. I was there. It was... It was really cool. I had, like, a, a nice courtside seat where, like, your laptop would get busted if you weren't Literally, paying attention. Jared Piper's lap, and yeah. I was sitting,
1: like, two seats from him when that pass came in and just shattered it. And yeah,
0: there's, like, a funny still image of, like, him and Jeremy Werner, like, reacting to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeremy's, like, hand is, like, outstretched. Like, <laughs> whoa! And it's just Piper's face just, like, just, like, gaping open, like, oh, yeah. no! And then, <laughs> laptop. It's kind of funny.
1: After that happened, a, a drunk... Fan or whatever, she like offered to buy him a laptop after that. Like,
0: yo, it wasn't that one woman who's always courtside at every Illinois game with blonde hair, right? Yeah, it it was her, dude. That woman's interesting. I want to talk to her actually.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm. She's going hype every game. Insane. Screaming, yeah. yeah.
1: But she was. She like put like, I don't know if it was like borderline flirting or what. She was like multiple times. She went went up (laughs) after that happened, but she's like. Oh man, that really sucks. Like, hand, like, rubbing his back, almost like, con- like, consoling him. And she's like, oh, maybe, maybe we can figure out how to get you a laptop. And Derek's Dar- just like, what?
0: Weird <laughs> choice. Weird choice. That's weird. Um, yeah, anyway, that was a terrible loss for Illinois. Just like the optics of losing to your, your rival, at, at a, you know, and the fan base really turned out for that game, too. Um, but man, they have stepped it up in the last couple of weeks. You throttle Purdue at home, sixty-three to thirty-seven, and that's kind of like your get-right game. Yeah. But when do you when you get right against a program like Purdue at home, that's big.
1: That is big, and they dominated that game defensively. I mean, they held Purdue to its um, lowest points per game, I think, in uh, a really long, pro- long time. I think it might have been program history for
0: Purdue, and it was their worst shooting clip in program history. Because yeah. Purdue, I remember they shot, I think. 20% or 25%, mm-hmm. which is crazy because Illinois has had so many worse shooting outings than that, but yeah. it was the worst in Purdue history. Um, it's like
1: on the flip side of that too for Illinois, it was like the lowest safe-held opponents in program history and a uh, field goal percentage, and then I think they, the lowest safe-held opponents since 2010 or something like when it was that brutal Penn State game, I
0: think. Oh, I remember that game. I was watching it at home. Mm-hmm. It was like 36 to like 38 or whatever. Yeah, it was
1: stupid. But a loss was, for Illinois, right? That was an, a very impressive win over Purdue, and then going up to Madison and ending the streak. Iowa ending the streak. That was insane. You were there. I O did that, yeah. So you probably could talk more on what that. Oh whole, man, like, that, that was like. was like
0: that was a fun game, um, and I actually a, a couple of my friends uh, who I may have been at the Red Line with last night. Uh, they told me they were at that game too, and like just to just to be in that arena, like. There were a lot of Illinois fans there, actually. And uh, to to beat a team like Wisconsin that has beaten you 15 times in a row. Y'all, Illinois had not beaten (laughs) Wisconsin since 2011 on my little sister's birthday. Brutal. She was what? She was, uh, I'm bad at math, she was seven? No. Yeah. She was seven then. That was her seventh birthday, and she just got her driver's license a couple (laughs) weeks ago. It's just a massive, massive win for Illinois.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be able to... I mean, it's just a milestone for this team in general. I would say more what it does off the court. Of course, on the court, that that win puts them back into NCAA tournament contention. But off the court for that team, it's a mental milestone of saying, hey, things are different around here now. Illinois basketball isn't getting pushed around by Wisconsin anymore. Now Wisconsin might be having a little bit more of a down year. They're not as dominant as they have been in previous years. But, but they're, they're still, still pretty good. good yeah, I still mean, what their next game? They went on the road at Penn State and beat Penn State. Wisconsin's a good fundamental basketball team as they are every year. But Illinois, was, Illinois is not being pushed around by the big-time Big uh, the big, time big Ten schools anymore. Of course, I mean, Michigan State kind of had its way with Illinois, Illinois this year, but last year was different at home.
0: Michigan well, State also did just blow out Wisconsin at home exactly, too. Exactly, but Michigan
1: State just got destroyed by Purdue at home. Right. So, I mean, Illinois
0: just destroyed at home. Exactly. So
1: <laughs> Big Ten's crazy, and Illinois right now is sitting second in the conference. Um, I mean, Illinois basketball has, I think this season at least, reestablished itself as one of the hey, – one of the teams that are throwing haymakers in the conference right now. Um, hey,
0: you can't argue with that. Five and, that, and two in second place alone.
1: Yeah, and that Wisconsin game. That Wisconsin game set the tone. I would say being able to go on the road, have having Io play the way he did, close out the game. I mean a deadly snatchback. I mean snatchbacks. One of the. I mean that's that's a. I mean if you want to style points for how to close out a game, someone did a side by side on Twitter. I think it was Illinois. Lowe's, he did a side by side on Twitter of Io doing the pullback and. Um, for the win and Jordan doing the pullback for his win. Oh, games. yeah, I saw that and Illinois loyalty
0: good Twitter follow That really. is they,
1: they always get uh, give out good gifts of stuff that happens in the games if you want highlights But I mean that I mean that's a shot that if only makes the tournament this year Which I fully believe they will at this point. If they just defend home court Yeah, then I think that Iowa shots gonna go down as one of the defining moments of the season because it. I think it set the tone for the rest of the uh, season for how Illinois is going to compete in the Big Ten. And after the games that followed after that, I mean, it just kind of showed. The Rutgers game, I mean, that was a tough win. That's just a game that – Rutgers Illinois, is good. That's a game Illinois doesn't win last year because – No. Illinois last year, if they weren't shooting well, if they weren't uh, – if they weren't shooting well, the ball well like they were uh, in that Rutgers game, then they usually just fall flat because they just lose confidence on the other side of the four. But it's because, but defense is what just dominated and set the tone that game, and so yeah, that was a really
0: defensive game. That was actually the lowest Illinois won that fifty four to fifty one. That was the lowest Rutgers had ever held an opponent to in Big Ten play.
1: Yeah, I mean, which
0: tells a lot about how defensive that game was.
1: Yeah, and it, this whole de- uh, defensive scheme that Illinois is running—it's the first time that they're running it this year because in years past Underwood didn't have the size uh, in the front court to be able to run this game he has now. He ran, we all know he ran his high pressure up the line, on the line type defense. And mm-hmm. was, that caused a lot of turnovers, but also allowed a lot of points in the paint. Um, but this year's a lot more pack line. They're a lot more fundamentally sound. You, I mean, you have guys like Trent Frazier who are playing very good defense. He's trying to make a case Locked for the 10 defense. Yeah. And he's. I think he has a strong case for it. Demonte Williams, he gets a lot of flag from Illinois fans. Because he doesn't because, score. Because he can't score, which is fair. But his defense is always on point. Northwestern last night, I thought DeMontes defense was huge. His um, man
0: made a couple tough shots with him all over him. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it at the end of the game, like, in the court, Not in the corner. Northwestern got a late three. Can't remember if it was Miller Kopp who hit it? Yeah, it was. It was Kopp, yeah. And, like, Williams was all over him, and Kopp mm-hmm. just drained it. Northwestern shot pretty well, but Illinois ultimately yeah. edged them out 75-71 at home. That would have been a bad loss, Um, But if you look at this schedule, I mean, the Big Ten is so good. There's like 12 teams that legitimately have shots at making the NCAA tournament right now. You have Northwestern on the road and Nebraska at home. Those are the only, like, bad loss possibilities you could have at this point. Everyone else, every other win is a great win. I mean, you look at...
1: Here's something I I want to ask. Is the Big Ten that good, or does the Big Ten just have a lot of above-average teams? Yeah, I feel like there's no elite teams. This is what yeah, I'm this, like trying to figure out with the Big Ten right now. Because everyone's just getting... I, I don't think there's an elite team in the Big Ten outside maybe, maybe Michigan State. Maybe. 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 And that's a stretch because they just got pummeled on the road at Purdue. And elite teams don't get pummeled like that. So like
0: Mackey's tough, though.
1: I think the Big Ten is slightly overrated right now. I think they have a lot of above-average teams. But I don't think there's one team... In the Big Ten right now, that can make a really deep tournament run, except maybe Michigan State. And
0: so I I agree with that pretty much. Yeah. Honestly, every team has its flaws. Yeah. You know, and Michigan State has some flaws too.
1: I think that just reflects on college basketball as a whole. This season. it's just where anarchy. There's, there's just no. I don't think there's one really elite team where like when you're circling your brackets and putting that team automatically in the championship game. This right, year.
0: because, I mean, I mean what, five ballers. top ten teams lost last year? Yeah, yeah Butler's lost to DePaul, De- right?
1: Yeah, exactly. DePaul's a good DePaul's team good?
0: Season. When has that happened in our lifetimes? Yeah, right?
1: And so I think, I, I think, and that's why I think Illinois has a good chance to just, I mean, finish high in the Big Ten overall this year. Um, they're, I mean, this next stretch of game, so it's going to really determine what, I mean, where Illinois is going to fall this year. I mean, it's a brutal stretch you're going to. At Purdue on Tuesday, then you're going at Michigan on Saturday. Uh, Minnesota at home, that would be a really bad loss, so that should be a win. But then you're going Minnesota's to-
0: tough though. Don't write them off. They beat exactly. Ohio State.
1: They're going to Iowa. That's that's going to be that's almost be an impossible game. I, I think that game could be a harder match than maybe at Michigan just cuz I think Iowa's playing Crazy good basketball. People
0: complain about Wisconsin getting homer calls. Oh, my God. You watch Iowa, they get a lot of homer mm-hmm. calls at, at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. I'll be there, too, actually, staying with my cousin that weekend. Oh, Shout out nice. my boy, Jack.
1: But then you have two huge home games against Maryland and Michigan State. Massive then, games. Then you have to go On the road to Rutgers-Penn State. That's
0: brutal. That's usually the... terrible. Those are usually the easy games, and both those programs are as good as they've been in so long. Penn State, very good. Rutgers, very good. Both tournament teams, in my opinion.
1: So I think Illinois has to come out of that stretch at least with... I mean, two wins at the least. I think they had to obviously beat Minnesota.
0: That's eight games you're saying they need two wins only?
1: Yeah, because they're they're just on the road so much. Um, Yeah,
0: because five of those eight are on... The road, and then the three home games are Minnesota, Maryland, and Michigan State. And I think you have
1: to take obviously take Minnesota. You got to take think, Minnesota. I think you got to win that Maryland game and play Michigan State close.
0: But here's or the thing. or vice versa. Yeah, I think here's the thing
1: too. You can't get blown out on the road, and I don't think the Illinois team will, except maybe by I think maybe Purdue, by Purdue. I
0: think Purdue could blow them out on the road. To be honest, they're I know just, Illinois blew Purdue out, but
1: they're coming back with vengeance. Purdue is sure. Purdue's kind
0: of hot. They just beat the tar out of Michigan State at Mackey, and that was. I was in Mackey last year, and I thought yeah. Illinois played pretty well in that game. But that arena's tough, man. Yeah. Purdue it's fans love fun. their basketball. They're, They're a different team at home, like a lot of Big Ten teams are. I'd say Illinois is a different team at home. You don't yeah. want to come in here if you're no, a Big you Ten team. Yeah.
1: Especially when Orange Crush is back, too. Yeah. You know, no one wants to play in the State Farm Center when Orange Crush is back in that place. Even last night, Orange Crush wasn't packed. Energetic but crowd. the though. place yeah. was yeah. packed in general. It
0: was definitely the biggest crowd of the year's. Orange crush this is, this is weird like, that I know the exact attendance number off the top of my head, but... This is like your thing, 14, Yeah, I'm kind of like the attendance slash crowd estimation guy of, like, the Illini media. I don't know, self-anointed, somewhat, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> no, pure-anointed. I, no, I, I
1: would anoint it, if I have any say in them.
0: There were 14,131 people there yesterday, which marked the biggest crowd of the year. Um, and
1: that's without Orange Crush. That's without the crazy. Orange
0: Crush, so it probably would have been a sellout had the Orange Crush mm-hmm. been there. We're very close to it. And now I'm thinking, if Illinois wins one of the next two games, I mean, the Maryland game and the Michigan State games, those are both weeknight games, but those probably should sell out, because those are going to be just some massive games. Uh, Minnesota next Thursday maybe has a shot of selling out. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But, so I
1: think you have to go... I think the, through the first six games, I think you have to win two of them, in Minnesota and Maryland... And you have to play all your road games close. And then I think you need to split probably your road games against Rutgers and Penn State.
0: God, that's gonna be so tough. And that's tough. See, Eric, I don't know if I'd man, you really I I did not realize how tough this stretch is gonna be. Like you, you bring be. up a great point. These next eight games, not to like say that the first seven Big Ten games were easy because yeah. they weren't um, until yesterday's game, which wasn't easy, but yeah. it should have been not a close game for Illinois. Mm-hmm. But um, the Big Ten's just a freaking guillotine. Like it's it's tough. Like if you, I don't know. I think you got to win three of the next eight. But even if you yeah. do win three of the next eight, your resume doesn't look that good because that's a lot of L's. I mean, but they're all
1: on the road though, so I think yeah, I think
0: because the, the, the end of the schedule is a little friendlier than that. Yeah. Uh, the The remaining five Big Ten games are Nebraska at home, Northwestern on the road, Two Indiana it, at home, yeah. at Ohio State, and Iowa at home. So, like, yeah. much more reasonable. Maybe you can win four of those five. Maybe losing at Ohio State. But um,
1: I think we can both agree, though, if Illinois out of these next games, next eight games, walks away with a winning record, we'd be incredibly surprised.
0: I don't know about well, yeah, yeah, they're, and they'd definitely be a lot. They'd be pretty much a lock if they walk if they win five of the next eight. Because I mean, that's going to include some marquee wins yeah. and potentially a couple of really tough road I mean, I think they're wins. like a
1: top four, like a top three or four seed, and then Sweet Tournament, they walk out of the stretch with a winning record. That's Which bold. It,
0: I don't know if I would say that because I looked at um, I think during the Maryland game yesterday, they showed like where. Uh, I don't know if it was Lenardi, Joe Lenardi's bracket projections, but the top seed in the Big Ten was Michigan State is a three seed, and they had that's Illinois. Right. I think that's about right too. But I don't know if like that. I don't know if Illinois would be viewed the same way yeah. if they do like maybe go five and three down this stretch or six and two or something.
1: That, that would be, uh, it'd be tough.
0: Percent. They definitely. I don't know, man. I think you're right. Actually, they probably would be like a three or four level. But right now. That bracketologist who may or may not have been Joe Lennardi had Illinois as a 10 seed, which I kind of disagreed yeah. with. I, thought, I think right now they're about eight or nine.
1: Yeah, I, a lot of the ones I've been seeing so far is where like Butler's a one seed, and then um, Illinois would play like Colorado, not Colorado, but they play they would play someone as a nine seed, and then they would get Butler after that. But I mean, it, we're still <laughs> like right in the middle of the Big Ten schedule. Yeah, so, so much that, is going to happen gonna between now so fast, and then. But. But then, I mean, so Illinois is now number twenty-four in the country right now.
0: Probably Uh, gonna move up a spot or two.
1: Uh, no, I. You think they're gonna stay the same? Ken Palm did not like the Northwestern game. Right now, they dropped. They dropped like their net rating was like forty. Well. yeah, uh, but. Now 40 from like, what I think was like 32 or something like that. You got to
0: think about the metrics there, though. Like, they take the opponent's strength more, whereas in like the AP poll, it's just mm. going to be like some teams in front of you lost. Yeah.
1: Well, they I only think, had, I guess that's true. Colorado, I think,
0: lost once. Uh, who else lost? Did Seton Hall lose this week? I don't think so. I don't know. A couple teams, uh, maybe they are going to stay the same. I don't know. I Either way, I'm, Illinois I'm, will be ranked again next week, pretty yeah. sure. I mean, if uh, you it not convincingly. If Wade. you don't
1: lose, I don't think you'll get not. Down. Yeah.
0: I also think Iowa will move into the rankings cuz they got 88 votes 88 votes last week. Um okay. I got I got a question for you, Eric. Um you say Illinois is gonna you say if they come out of this with a winning stretch, they're basically an NCAA tournament lock, right? Well, I think this, these next 8 games.
1: No, I think they're like a top 3 or 4 seed yeah. lock.
0: So a lock and a very impressive one at that. I agree with that take. But now I want to see what do you think their record actually will be in these next four games. I'm going to run it down for you really quick, folks. At Purdue on Tuesday, tough. Loss. At Michigan on Saturday, loss, I think. I don't know. I, I think it only I matches I up I decently think, with them. but
1: Yeah, and uh, 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 Isaiah Livers is still out for Michigan. Michigan's not playing good. Best. Yeah, Livers. Michigan lives, like, ride or dies with how like, Xavier Simpson plays. So if you They're much handle, better
0: at home, though. They've been terrible on the road. Um, let like, me finish running it down. Yeah. Minnesota at home the next Man. week probably should be a win. Iowa on the road can be really tough yeah, on Super Bowl Sunday, and then the next week you get Maryland on a Friday night in Champaign, and you get Michigan State the next Tuesday in Champaign before going on the road to Rutgers and Penn State, which both of those programs are the best they've been in a long mm. time. So
1: I'm going to say the Maryland game is a law or is a win, and I'm going to say Michigan State. You know I'm gonna, I I'm, I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna say Illinois knocks off Michigan State, and so I'll that'll be my crazy pick out of this. Okay. And so Illinois has back-to-back home wins with Maryland, and Michigan State. They go to Rutgers. God, that's such a tough
0: game. I think they're gonna lose that game. I think they lose that game. The rack, the rack is a tough place to play. Yeah. The, the and RAC. I'll, and
1: I'll say they lose it. I think they lose at Penn State for sure. So what does that put you for the stretch? It puts me at... I I'm set three and five. I, yeah, three and five I think I'm pretty being pretty favorable toward Illinois with three and five too. Just and I, I, I can honestly see them winning that Rutgers game. I mean I can see them winning every game except maybe at Iowa, I wanna say. Just because Illinois never has any luck going up to Iowa. they always You get just
0: stole my thunder. I was going to predict Illinois to win that game, but my bold prediction is I think they're going to lose to Michigan State at home. That's not that bold. Um, but I think they're going to split. I think they're going to beat Maryland and lose to Michigan State the next game. I think they're going to win at Iowa, and I think they'll beat Minnesota at home. I think they're going to lose both to Rutgers and Penn State on the road. I think they're going to lose to Purdue and Michigan on the road. Yeah. Although I would not write – do, that's not to say like I would not ride Illinois no, off they in any win, of these they games. Yeah, win any, yeah, of, these they games,
1: win any except, of these games. I would say maybe except Iowa, because I mean, I, I mean the Wisconsin streak ended this year, but How long but is the Iowa streak. Iowa, not as heavy. long, but
0: pretty long, right? I mean, the, the, in Iowa the City. The last like
1: three or four years, I want to say Illinois has just gotten smacked around every time they've traveled up to Iowa City. And so I'm I'm gonna stick with that because I was still playing really good basketball, especially at
0: home. Do you think that's a sleepy game for Iowa though? Super Bowl Sunday at, at a noon start, that might be a little bit of a sleepy game for that them. Could, that, that could be a good good that, road trip that, for them. I'm a, thinking that's going to
1: be a crazy game. I think in general, just because all of Iowa's games this year have been just insanely fun basketball games to watch. So I, I'm me being generous, I would say Illinois walks out with a three and five record on this. On the stretch.
0: Alright, and I, I agree with that. I also think Illinois is gonna go three and five in the next stretch. So that would put Illinois at sixteen and eight and ten. No ten, yeah. Sixteen and ten and you would be eight and seven in Big Ten play. But which that that's kinda scary if you're Illinois fans, but those last five Big Ten games look like you can win four out of those five, maybe. Yeah. And that would put you at twenty and eleven? Headed into the Big Ten tournament, think, that's a good place to be. And I
1: think just because college basketball in general has been there, it's just any team has seemed like seems like they could lose any team at any point. I yeah. think the I think they're going to be a little bit more generous toward teams that have double digit losses
0: if they've got good wins.
1: If they yeah, good wins and they defended home court in their conferences and stuff like that. I think that I think the committee will be a lot more generous toward teams like say Illinois. And so I think Illinois, if Illinois just defends home court, the, the rest of conference play and plays competitive on the, most of their road games, I would say, um, then I think there's still a lock for the tournament no matter what.
0: All right, we're going we're gonna to move into football soon, but here's a, here are a couple parting thoughts for Illinois basketball. First off, we're going to visit my classic friend, the transitive property. Right. So, remember when Illinois we got, the
1: transitive
0: <laughs> property. got blown out at Michigan State, right? Lost by 20. Everyone was like, oh, the season's over. Woo woo. Illinois Twitter was very upset. Um, well, then Illinois came and blew out Purdue at home. And then Purdue went and just knocked the tar <laughs> out of Michigan State at Mackey Arena. Beat them by like, tw- they were up like 29 in the first half or something like that. Yep. Tom Izzo, Michigan State's coach, said it was the worst loss of his career. He said he doesn't remember ever being dismantled like that. So by the transitive property, Illinois beat Michigan State, um, which means by the transitive property, they're in first in the Big Ten. <laughs> but the actual Big Ten standings aren't too far off from that. This is the rundown right now, folks. Michigan State in first at 6-1. and one. Illinois, 5-2, and two in alone in second place.
1: Michigan State has a tiebreaker right That's
0: now. true. Um, so yeah, the transit property two, only helps us so much. They're
1: basically two games.
0: Back, yeah. yeah. Um, Rutgers, 4-2. and two. Rutgers in third place in the Big Ten. And then you got Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Maryland, Iowa, all at 4-3. and yeah, three.
1: Minnesota,
0: dude, what the heck? Yeah, right? See, I, I think you need to give Minnesota a little bit more credit. I think I probably
1: should, too, yeah. Um,
0: not that they're going to make the tournament, but they're alive. They're alive, and they mm-hmm. certainly have the power to do so, like, almost every team in the Big Ten. Because after them, you have Purdue, Penn State at 3-4, and four, so they're tied for, uh, what are they tied for, like, 9th or 10th? And you have Michigan and Ohio State at 2-4 and four and 2-5. and five. Those State are the lowest has, I've ever seen them in the Ohio stands. I think Ohio
1: State so far been the most disappointing
0: team in Big I Ten plays. So I thought fun. they were a top-five team headed into Big Ten play, and I, I don't even think they're a top-25 team by recent results right yeah, now. I mean, They probably are overall. I, I, it's
1: just the Big Ten's just so crazy it's right brutal.
0: now. It's brutal. And then you got Nebraska and Northwestern down at the bottom. We're uh, tough, well, tough years for those schools. <laughs>
1: I would say outside of Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, basically any home team in the Big Ten is going to be favored.
0: yeah, yeah. No over, over what, any other team, yeah. No matter what, they
1: will. It's like when I mean, I, like, I think like,
0: like Michigan State might still be favored if they're like on the road at Rutgers or Penn yeah. State or like Iowa, but, like, but by like line, two points though. Yeah, it'll be like I two mean, points. It was like
1: when Michigan was number five when they came in. Uh, came to Illinois this year. they were number Illinois five. And favored, was favored by one by point, one. right? Yeah, that just shows you how crazy the Big Ten is this year. Illinois, Illinois, no, so. Almost no matter what, a home team is going to be favored in in their conference game.
0: Yeah, road. There's been less than road, uh, less than ten road wins in the Big Ten this season, and it's like forty road losses. Yeah. So basically, Illinois home has teams. one of
1: them at Wisconsin.
0: Illinois is one of them. Um, anyway, moving on to Illinois football because. We kind of never like I never really address like the the whole big picture in the end of the season on the on the podcast. so wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, kind of Eric uh, covered Illinois on the beat all year uh, for rivals, so he knows a lot too. Um, and then you know a couple of coaching changes too. Um, just a very, very interesting memorable year for Illinois football. But you finished six and seven. Not the way you wanted to go out. You know, Lovey Smith talked about ending the season the right way with momentum, and well, Illinois didn't do that because they lost their last three games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, six and seven, Illinois football going to a bowl game, first time since 2014. I think there's no question everyone will take that.
1: Yeah. Right uh, now, this season. Yeah, you get will.
0: four Big Ten wins, the most you've had. Uh, um, since when? Like, 2010?
1: Something crazy. 11? Like oh, no, I think it was 2000... Yeah, no, you're right, actually. Because they... I, mean, I was going to say the 2012 season when they started 6-0, but that's not true, I don't
0: think. Uh, yeah. Because then
1: they went They went on the lose out, basically. Was that
0: 2012? 2011? It was 2011, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, that year, Illinois went, um... Oh, it doesn't say they Big Ten record on the schedule. Let me count it up real quick. They went 2 and six two and six in the Big Ten before they played nine conference games uh, so yeah definitely they
1: closed out, the, they I mean, closed they closed out with
0: a bowl win there yeah. against UCLA which ironically ended up becoming the Red Box Bowl then it was the Kraft right. Fight Hunger Bowl um, but you know how do you feel about the season as a whole Eric because you know like we mentioned we were at Michigan State you know yeah. we were both of us there were at camp. You know, we were there through all the highs and lows, basically. It was a
1: crazy. It was a crazy season. I mean, I was even asking the players about this too. Like, did you imagine? Like, there's no way you could have imagined the season playing out the way they did. And, um, no, I'll, no I'll, way. Alex Pauszewski, he was like, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, and he's like, for us to lose games that we probably should have won against Eastern Michigan and Nebraska, and then the win games that we had no business. Winning in Wisconsin and Michigan State like it, it was just it was insane. I mean, the season yeah. was crazy It was up and down like up and down. I mean, at, I remember at halftime with the Michigan game um, Some of us media members were talking and we we're like and we we're saying if it only really gets blown out this game against Michigan Does Lovie Smith fire and they were
0: games. down 28 nothing or 28-3 What was uh, it? I think it was at the half.
1: Yeah, I think it was 28 nothing at half and we we were talking about Lovey possibly being fired. They're down
0: 28-7 at the half because they got a Josh Eumator baby touchdown right oh, before yeah, that's that, right. right before the half.
1: And then all of a sudden Illinois makes that comeback in the second half of Michigan, and then they just go on a four-game winning streak and this the entire season's turned around and now and, and now just Illinois football is sitting. I think I think I'm I, I, I we did a roundtable discussion on our, on our site about what our storyline is for Illinois Athletics heading into this 2020 year. I said it was Illinois football with the schedule that they have and with the returning talent that they have on offense. There's some questions on defense, but I think overall Big you're, questions. you're okay with some of the things on defense. I feel like Illinois has a chance to take another pretty good step next season with the way their schedule is set up. With You basically returned your entire offense outside of Re- um,
0: Reggie Corbin and yeah, Jack Brown. We,
1: yeah, exactly. Richie Rich Pedemon, but I'm I'm kind of high on Verdas Brown in that right guard spot. Yeah, That's me just, too. Um, I think that Illinois offense can be one of the best in the conference next year. I I think everyone's loving Brandon Peters right now, especially after he took that dive in the bowl game. Man,
0: like, Illinois fans, once you learn, once you earn their love by taking a valiant dive for a late
1: rider, rider dive, Yeah. Peters right now. Man, that was a that was a I, crazy I play, man. William BP too.
0: laid himself yeah. out. Yeah. Um, laid himself out, got a terrible spot on that. Yeah. Still a little uh, miffed up about that spot because it so, would have given Illinois just a threat of life at the end that of that was, game. That but. was a terrible
1: spot, but um, I, I'm feeling... I, I think this overall season for Illinois was positive, even though they ended with a losing record. And going into the next year, though, I'm optimistic about what this Illinois team can do. Now, like we did say, there's some concerns on defense. I mean, your defensive line...
0: Basically, to have to replace line. yeah you're going to have to replace that the coach you got to replace who's was
1: De- uh, Dele Harding who i mean he Dell Harding was one of the had an amazing season amazing your safeties are still a huge concern um, but you are re- returning Marquez Beeson, um who will have a huge impact which might mean you might be able to slide Tony Adams back into that safety yeah. spot Cindy Brown is still wildly inconsistent i mean yeah that i don't feel great game, about that ball game was Probably the worst game of Cindy Brown's career. That was terrible. You oh, lose it was St- a really bad game. It was Stanley Green. That's why,
0: that's why you don't piece. feel great about safety. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's why you don't feel great about they safety because no you got to replace Green.
1: coming into this next class. Um, yeah. They might have a chance with a couple uh, Juco guys. That would be a big deal if they could get. And the new um, coaches have
0: uh, some Juco connections. Mm-hmm.
1: Like Art Green is a guy that, I, know, was Trent, I think his name's Art Green. It's Art Green or Green one the two, but he's a JUCO JUCO corner uh, safety prospect. He's like four star that Illinois is going to get on campus here for a visit. But the defense has some big concerns, but I think you can address them. I think at linebacker you have a chance to really mess around with some things with Jake Hansen, uh, Miguel Eifler, and maybe get Shimon Cooper or Kalen Tolson in there. I don't know how that'll work out. Um, I and defensive line i don't know what you're going to do you hand Dude, over I don't know what you hand over the in, you hand over the interior to calvin avery and hoping just hoping this year he gets it together i don't
0: feel great about that i'll, I'll go on the record I, I don't feel great about that because i have not seen much great stuff from calvin avery because he's so inconsistent man yeah i mean, he shows us a
1: training camp not out of shape out of shape not ready yeah. right to go just like um but he did show some he good flashes some throughout some, the year he can
0: make great plays when he wants to it seems like you know
1: um, when you lose, he lose in, you, you lose um, Wale Batiku to the NFL draft. That was kind of shocking for me to see, and that
0: hurts because that was the only guy you felt really good about coming yeah. back.
1: And I was, yeah, and I was never big on him because
0: his stats play. got blown up against two really bad teams in Akron and Connecticut.
1: And he still his, made a lot of plays. All his sacks too came off of stunts or just guys just not blocking him in the most place, which is why I felt like his numbers were a little inflated because of that. And I didn't. But hey,
0: good for Wale though. He. Should, he should go get his money. He has all the potential. Great person. Bowl. Every time I talk Great to him, was a fantastic conversation, fantastic interview.
1: But now you're trying to rely on guys like Isaiah Isaiah Gay to be the step up, He had a good bowl he game. He had a good bowl game. Game. good bowl game.
0: And he had a couple I think he had a really good game against Rutgers, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh he did, yeah. He had a force fumble on Rutgers too. Yeah. I so, mean
0: the guys I mean, you're asking to step up, you're asking like Keith Randolph and like Seth maybe Col- Seth Coleman Seth to come Coleman in and make really a big impact.
1: So is Keith. But it's still... He looked good. It's going to yeah, be the redshirt this freshman year. year. You're, right. You can't expect for them to step up and be dominant pass rushers. Moses Akpala
0: is probably still too raw, but one day you feel good about him. Yeah,
1: hopefully one day. He's
0: and then, yeah, he's I mean, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, you lose a lot of grinders. You yeah. lose Kenyon Jackson, Tamir Oliver, Jamal Milan, who had a fantastic season. A lot of vets. We're just guys... Right? Wait. Oh no, he's Owen no, Carney has one more year. But he's a guy that's been
1: massively disappointing, too, for Illinois since he's been here. But a
0: ago. guy who has also showed flashes. Maybe you feel a little bit better about Carney than, like, uh, Avery on the inside. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's not looking good. You're taking
1: a big chance on Calvin Avery coming in the next year just, um, just because he has been so inconsistent. You like Jamal Woods, but injury-prone Jamal Woods. What's going to happen with When that? he's healthy, he's been very exactly. good. Exactly. So, I mean, you're hoping um you got Anthony Shipton come i mean you got some big yeah. guys in the middle but you you're not really sure what what they're going to be um, but right now you're kind of relying on Calvin Avery and Jamal Woods a hole down the middle and Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay on the edges. I, I, that's that's
0: scary. It's not great, and it's an interesting pro- project for two <laughs> defensive <laughs> line coaches. That's Illinois kind of went. New trend yeah. In college
1: uh, football. Yeah.
0: Lovie Smith uh, lost rising star potentially Austin Clark to an assistant coaching job Ian with Rappaport the Dolphins. Him as yeah. Star, hey, so, if uh, Ian Rappaport says it, we can say it, right? Exactly. You know, Austin Clark, um, who very energetic guy. Had a lot a of recruiting ties so. from USC. Really seems to connect with young kids. Mm-hmm. Like that is a huge recruiting loss, yeah. but also a huge coaching loss because of what he was able to do with the defensive line this year. You yeah. know, he said he said he was going to rotate a lot of bodies, and like you looked at the defensive line coming into the season as not a strength. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that it ended up not necessarily being a strength of the team. Yeah. not not a strength, I th- but like it wasn't it wasn't yeah, one of the worst they were areas.
1: A solid run defense, I think overall. An inconsistent run defense, but anything is better than what mm-hmm. they pulled out in previous years. Right. Pass rush was still terrible at all. I mean, <laughs> Pretty from much. the entire defensive line. But, I mean, it was it was a – like, he did a solid job with the defensive line. With what he, did he a had. a great job on the recruiting table. He
0: brought in the f- – the, the guys he, now who Trayvon Sidney Josh you, Imator baby yeah.
1: Wally Batiku um, Imator baby is just invaluable Seth Coleman um, Seth Coleman Keith Randolph Moses Apala um, the good guys prospects have, very good guys prospects coming in now and um, Johnny uh, Johnny Newton uh, yeah
0: um, Johnny Did, was Newton he involved on. in Shipton's recruitment he, yeah I mean he's
1: being the D-line coach, yeah. he's going to be involved yeah. in that too um, gosh what are the other names I I'm forgetting about at the moment uh, he
0: he helped sign a lot of guys, and Illinois is.
1: They're gonna be solid. Replacing. I don't, I don't think they'll be. Oh, Connor Davis is, was a big one that they flipped from Mizzou. Yeah. Um. So they have a lot of good guys that have potential. I I, I don't think that anyone will rise into stars at Illinois, but they have good potential to be solid players at Illinois. So Austin Clark did a lot for you in his short tenure here, and so yeah, that's got, a big replacement. And you got
0: two new coaches. Former JUCO guy, Alfred Davis, um, and you got a Western uh, Kentucky assistant, Jimmy Lindsay. Davis is going to take over the, the DTs, the defensive tackles, and Lindsey's going to coach the DNs. But these are two pretty young coaches, you know, who are sort of unproven. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, everybody's got to get their start. Austin yeah, Clark Austin Clark was, was, was unproven. Yeah, yeah, at
1: USC before he got his chance at Illinois, and right. now he's a professional coach at, in Miami.
0: So, yeah, these are two guys, you know, Lovey Smith has that. tapped that's him. That's a great story for Clark. So quick, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Where was, uh, but now you
1: but now Gil Burgess just announced that he's stepping away from football. Oh yeah. Which means now Keynato Hudson's taking over the safeties and, and the defense. I
0: back. feel pretty good about that, although that's a big jump for Keynato too another young coach. I think who, so by I, I think he can do it though. I agree. And he's a guy who's been really big on the recruiting trail as well. But here's something. Lovey Smith, when he first came to Illinois. Really seemed to be hiring a lot of guys who he knew really, really well, From his long race. friends with, you know, um, Hardy Nickerson, uh, Garrick McGee, McGee, which turned out to be a disaster. Yeah. Um, Gilbert, uh, Gilbert uh, who's like a like, brother to like, Lovey Smith, like Lovey you know. Smith and Gilbert talking about each other, just you could see just like how close they were both. Mm-hmm. You know, very close guys who coached together for a long time. And, um, um,
1: played my, uh, so when and he's at, gotten away.
0: or Sorry, you say what you Oh, talking. I was just
1: going to do an oh, anecdote. Uh, my dad has a book of old football cards, which he has so many, like, really, like, he can make some money off this for sure. Like, he had a rookie Deion Sanders card, and I was like, dude, what are you doing with that? Wow. But, um, he had a Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, San Diego, San Diego really? Chargers That's card. That's crazy. Wow. But, Gilbert, yeah. I mean, like, Anadol, these are some guys <laughs> who at
0: Lovey Smith had guys with crazy NFL resumes, like guys who knew so much were so polished, um, and it seemed not to necessarily transition too well overall to the college level, and now he's he's turned to making... Younger hires and guys like Austin Clark, who's now gone, but guys seemed like they have a lot of potential talents, Guys sure. that can really connect with kids. You got Corey Patterson who's, who's maybe Absolutely. not necessarily delivered Everything you would have hoped from St. Louis recruiting, but it has more than got you guys Yeah, more than anyone more else than ever than has, you know was, yeah. um, And so you got these guys um, Alfred Davis was at Hutchinson, uh, which is just an absolute powerhouse in uh, mm-hmm. the JUCO world um, and then you know, I mean, they're not guys with great resumes. I can't say I know too much about either Davis or Jimmy Lindsay. But, but they
1: took a chance on Clark. They've taken a chance on Kenado Hudson. Um, right. I mean,
0: and I like they, the move to go with two coaches because yeah. it allows you to focus in, and it's not going to overwhelm either of those guys too much. Yeah, it it like, is going to be a step Clark up was for like them. Coaching like twenty players, twenty, yeah. twenty
1: to thirty guys. It's a lot. Assume, like, it's a lot sometimes. of
0: guys, and some of those guys are going through position changes too. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you're a coach who's coaching twenty guys, I mean. You're gonna do it's your tough. best, but like it's tough to really, you know, get in and zero in on these guys who are gonna need more help and need more instruction about technique and just everything they need to be doing, where they need to be on the field, um, and what they need to be doing in general. So like I think having two guys to go with it is is just a good move for Illinois.
1: Yeah, I mean it just allowed. I mean literally, uh, like you said, I mean allows you to fully in on your defensive ends. Before they had a grad assistant that was more on the defensive ends, and now you have. Two uh yeah two now you have two guys um, working that angle for you. I mean, it allows one of them to focus on defensive ends. I mean, it's going to allow for you to just get a lot more technical with them and the defensive tackles too. I mean, I, I think it kind of also shows how Lovey's thinking about this defensive line and how sent. I mean, defensive line is basically a huge key to your defense overall. Um, I mean, if you have a bad defensive line, over more than likely you're going to have a pretty bad defense. And so I think it kind of shows oh, maybe a tiny bit of concern. That's kind of a conspiracy theory on my part. But it kind <laughs> of shows that maybe Lovey's kind of concerned about this defensive line and knows how much attention it needs heading in the next year. If Illinois is going to take the jump, with uh, I think they're going to with their offense at least. Right. Um and so he knows he needs to put together at least a mediocre defense a compliment <laughs> at the least offense. a mediocre
0: defense. I I mean I, I agree with that though. And they're
1: not going to turn people over like they did this year. I mean, it,
0: yeah, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to replicate that, that. Yeah, football
1: never works that way. And not saying
0: way. Illinois got lucky, but like. Teams they got, fumbled got, the ball they, a lot they against got, them. They really you know? got lucky. The ball tended to bounce into their players' hands. And I think yeah. Illinois players certainly were looking at now that. They, they tried looking stripping for that. the ball and stuff. Yeah, like you that. saw times where they'd be stripping instead of necessarily trying to get the guy to the ground. But a
1: player's never supposed to fumble the ball.
0: Right. That's the thing. They that did happens. A lot. Yeah. And now, you know, everybody knows, like, you if you're a an opposing running back and you're you playing against Illinois, ball. they tell you, you better not fumble that football. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a focus. But anyway, another aspect of these coaching changes for Illinois is that Gilbert was one of the higher-paid assistants. I mean, with his resume and experience, that makes sense. You hire two younger guys. Gilbert was making uh, 300000 in, in 2019. Um, you hire two guys who are going to be at lower salaries. I don't know those numbers. Um, and, and get Bird's salary off the books. So it's it's interesting. Illinois also has some some pretty high-paid assistants, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it seems Miles like. Miles
1: Smith at 220.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's hard to argue with what Miles Smith has done so far. I think he's done a pretty good job at, at linebackers' coach. Uh, I mean, he, Dele, I don't know yeah. how much credit you can give him for Jake Hansen That's, and Deli Harding, but. Uh, you know? And, you, he was their coach. <laughs> <laughs> he's their coach. Um, and he seems to, you know. I'm not as tapped into recruiting as you are necessarily, so I like, couldn't tell you like the specific players he's helped Illinois land so far. I mean, he so
1: brought far, in on um, Barnes, and I thought. And Tariq, I, I Barnes, Tariq Barnes is one of the more surprising uh, players. He of played the last as year.
0: Mu- He played the, um, about as much as Shimon Cooper did, right? Played more, more I'd yeah. say.
1: Um, just because there's times where um, Dele had to come off the field, yeah. So, um, I, I think. Did Spine- Barnes'
0: red shirt get burned? Was he one of the ones?
1: maybe because i think he was a i think he was on special teams too i want to say but well i mean uh, when they when they first brought in tariq barnes uh, i looked at i mean his measurables did not look good he was like 210 pounds right he was like six foot long like and then i saw him in training camp I'm like whoa, well, wait wait a minute like he's just who, one of those guys who, who looked man? like he knew where who's he should man be what <laughs> who's man is this miles smith's miles man i, I like tariq barnes a lot and um I mean, I like Kalen Tolson too. I thought Kalen Tolson stepped in great and he did a pretty uh, good job with Jake Hansen down. Dawson DeGroote, the guy in the Mich- Michigan State game, former walk on, yeah, double digit, uh, double digit tackles. In that and
0: game. when everybody like tweeted like, "Oh boy, it's Dawson DeGroote in at linebacker now for Illinois." He was very thin. He, he delivered enough to so help. Linebackers get the
1: linebackers were good. I would say. Yeah. I think they were still kind of brutal watch and pass coverage, but that's just that's right. me, but.
0: This schedule is going to be run down like a zillion times by people before next season, but I just want to take an early look at this this schedule right now before we before we get out of your guys' ears for the day. Um, Illinois opens against Illinois State on a Friday night. You get UConn and Bowling Green at home after that. You know that's got to be the easiest three and you've ever seen. <laughs> that's actually like, a
1: joke. Bowling watch. Green's
0: not good. UConn's one of the worst FBS programs. Illinois State is actually pretty good, but their FCS, you better beat them. And then you go to Rutgers, which should still be a mess. You go to Lincoln to play Scott Frost, Nebraska. I think that's a coin toss game. Which was. I agree. I thought it was a coin toss in Champagne this year. I think it's another coin toss next year. So at the very least, Illinois maybe. should be starting four and one, maybe five and zero. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I think and then you get the Purdue thing. at home. I think there's a chance for the Illinois to
1: start six and zero, oh, honestly, uh, because Purdue at home. Purdue's going to be better. They're going to be finally healthy. Yeah, Purdue's going to be better Their for Their offense sure. is going to be an electric offense with David Bell and Rondell Moore. And yeah. Elijah's uh, Sindler coming back. Better. Yeah. So they should have an Here's pretty
0: good when healthy. So.
1: so they should have an electric offense, I think. But I think, I mean, still. I think that one's Illinois, going to be
0: a shootout, I bet. Yeah.
1: I think Illinois probably should be favored in that game, depending on how Purdue starts.
0: But you, um, I think Illinois... Better start four and zero, and then you got two oh, you winnable, two winnable Big Ten games after that, and then boom. I mean, you could be bowl eligible in six weeks. Yeah, and then you have Minnesota
1: at home. Tough. You might get smacked around. By yeah, Minnesota and Wisconsin over. on the road. But tough. If you, Iowa if you, if home. You win tough. At, if you win that Purdue game, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a chance to beat Minnesota at home, right? Right.
0: And if you win, the, if you're five and one going into that week, you might be ranked too. So. Oh
1: yeah, and then I mean, at Wisconsin. Uh, that's broad. Yeah, it's an out. Which we did home. say
0: about Michigan State last year, though. Well, Iowa
1: at home, that's an interesting game, too, because if you win that Purdue game and if you play Minnesota tough, there's no reason why you shouldn't be favored to win that Iowa game, because I mean, Iowa's losing, has lost some good players, too. I mean, they're losing Nate Stanley, the guy that basically made their offense run, I mean, that's... My cousin game.
0: would disagree with that statement. He's a big Nate Stanley hater. Really? Yeah. He, I don't think he listens to this podcast, though, so I don't think he'll hear that. But uh, Fair enough. But my I mean, cousin yeah. is very glad Nate Stanley is leaving Iowa. So
1: then that Iowa game, I mean, that that has a lot of potential, too, to be a win for Illinois, I think. Indiana on the road is going to be a tough, pretty Because Indiana game. had
0: their best season in 30 years this yeah. year.
1: So that could be a tough game for them, but, I mean... Like, Ohio State like, at
0: home, Oh like, <laughs> like I just
1: said, though, if Illinois won, wins the games that we're talking about at home... There's no reason they can't go into Bloomington and make that competitive, if not win that game. I mean, I don't think they will, but there's no reason why they couldn't. Yeah. Ohio State, massive l. Probably like um, fifty-five
0: to three. Yeah. Northwestern on the road. There's no way Northwestern's going to be as bad as they were this year, despite Illinois losing to them but at home. Illinois should
1: still beat them though. So like, that's we'll a, that's a seven-eight win year.
0: That's what you see before you go to the yeah. bowl game. Content. I think so, I think you better Illinois better be in a bowl game. that Absolutely. Record-wise, you can't, you can't not I think that's really the floor in. for this season. Um because 2020 is kind of the year you look at things for Illinois. Lovey Smith's kind of been saying it. It should be his best team by a lot so far. And like if you address yeah, if you address the some pretty massive concerns on the defensive end, things are looking up. I and mean, you really do see like you, five, you see six wins he- at a minimum, whereas this year it, we were looking like, oh man, it looks like they could maybe I mean, get to 6 like they
1: should get to six, but I don't know if they will. Right, and now, now it's year, like, like yeah, five. Oh, they should get to seven or eight. Five games that you'll be favored in this year because I think you'll be favored in that Northwestern game at the end of the year, and so and then you start out four and zero and should be should win that Northwestern game, I would say, and then you're telling me you can't get two wins? Maybe I, I mean, the conference is going to be. Out Nebraska like,
0: and Purdue. Yeah. or... Well, I Indiana was gonna talk the about the rest of the conference oh, okay, okay. in general outside
1: Northwestern, Rutgers. I mean, I think I think if you if this Illinois team does take a step forward, they should split Purdue, Minnesota. One of those two, probably Purdue. because Minnesota's pretty good, and they're still yeah turning their guys. I mean, you should. I think you could win that.
0: Tanner Morgan's gone, right? Or is he coming back? I
1: th- it d- I think it depends. I'm not sure. He
0: hasn't announced um, yet.
1: I think you should win that Iowa game. Not should win, but you should. I think you could be favored to win that Iowa game. And so, I mean, uh, I yeah, think this only football. I said it when I first started talking about online football. Um, but they're my biggest story heading into twenty, heading into 2020. I you know basketball is bringing obviously e. Curbella and Adam Miller.
0: Um, I think basketball's a story for me, man. Hey, this is the first time we disagreed all podcast, I think.
1: Yeah. No, That I mean, that's – and most people on our site said basketball too. I think that's like the only one going with football, but – I mean, there's just so much potential. I think with Illinois football team. A lot of potential. And I think it's I think it'll be fun and exciting to watch. And if if Illinois basketball makes sense to have a tournament this year, then you're already going into that next season with like that standard. And so I I think like obviously it'll be exciting to get those players there. Oh but, yeah. Like for Illinois football to take a step like I think, uh, at least I think they can possibly do. I think that's super exciting. I think we're going to see Illinois football just have a little bit more buzz about them coming in the uh, this entire
0: 2020. It's hard to argue with that. I, I certainly agree. Um, and one thing's for sure, it's, it's a very interesting time for Illinois revenue sports. Things are looking relatively on the up, at least for football. Yeah. Definitely on the up for basketball mm-hmm. right now. A lot of buzz right now. Um, thanks for joining me today, Eric. Um Going to be more regular with some podcasts now that I am technically, well, I'm not unemployed. I have several writing jobs, but (laughs) now that I don't have a full-time job and am no longer a student. So, yeah, we are here grinding. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll catch you next time on It's All Good.